Good morning. I'm going to go ahead and get started. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is your memory verse for the day. If you did not get your hand out, hopefully you, uh, hopefully you did. And light crowd this morning. We have some folks who are sick. And so be in prayer for church family. A lot going on today as well. But Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 3 is the memory verse. He says, uh, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Uh, it takes faith to believe that God created the universe and uh, it takes faith and without faith we find in verse number six, it's impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Uh, first thing on the list, if you're going to get to God, you need to know that he exists and that he is the creator. And so by it, uh, by faith, we understand that the worlds were made by the word of God. Uh, we understand creation happened based upon what God said. Uh, and so we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 1. Uh, of course, we had the Threns with us last week. Brother Thren uh, did the Sunday school hour, so we had a little bit of a, a space in between. So if you don't remember what we were doing uh, a couple weeks ago, lesson uh, was on Genesis chapter 1, and we started uh, with day 1 and day 2 of creation, and the light shows up, and so Genesis chapter 1, we'll just start at the top of the chapter. Uh, he says, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters, and God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And so we covered those two days last time, two weeks ago, and that God created light and divided it from the darkness, and then the firmament he opens up, he opens up outer space uh, and gives us the firmament of heaven. And so from there, we're going to go ahead on to day three and pick up the creation. And he says in verse number 9, And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together onto one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and, he, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning were the third day. And so we're going to cover, uh, Lord willing, we'll cover day three, four, and five this morning uh, of the creation. So let's go ahead and have a word of prayer, and we'll get, we'll get started. Father, I thank you for the day. I thank you for the morning. Lord, you're good to us, and your mercies are renewed every morning. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you that you are an amazing God to us, and you do exceeding abundantly above anything we could ask or think. And so today... I do pray that you would put a hedge of protection about, Lord, our church family. Uh, Lord, as the season changes, oftentimes people get sick and colds and flus and things. And so, Father, I do pray you would protect our church family, that you would just bless the day, be with me uh, this morning as I teach, as well as our other Sunday school teachers, that you'd give us wisdom and clarity of thought and mind as we speak today. 
Father, as we try to teach the Word of God, Lord, we pray you'd give us wisdom. And Father, for Pastor Legault this morning as he preaches and all the different events we're doing today, Father, that your hand would be upon each and every moment. And Lord, that Jesus Christ would be high and lifted up and glorified today and you'd draw each of us closer. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do this day. We pray you'd come back soon in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, here we are in Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 9. He starts off on day 3 and he starts off with the gathering together of the waters and dividing the waters from the dry land. He puts them all there uh, and he calls them seas. Uh, A sea is a large body of water, some of them we call oceans now, uh, but it is the seas and he puts those together uh, and the seas are amazing uh, as we look at them. Uh, oftentimes, uh, they are a great means of transport for us. The, the way that they're designed, they're designed basically that you could go pretty much anywhere on the planet by way of water. Uh, you could get just about anywhere you need to get, uh, and the ships set sail and go ahead and they go around the world eventually. Uh, they also provide protection. Uh, you get castles, and I mean, you think of Fort Ontario sits on... Uh, sits on Lake Ontario because it's sitting there as a defensive position. You can see a great distance over the sea and see anybody coming. Uh, And so they provide great uh, protection for us. Uh, You get thinking about the seas and the waters on the face of the earth, and the Lord goes ahead and talks about His his voice being as the voice of many waters. Uh, There's power and majesty behind the waves of the sea. Uh, You look around and and he says in Psalm 65, uh, verse number 5, he says, By terrible things is right in righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God of our salvation, who art the strength of all the ends of the earth and of them that are afar off upon the sea, which by his strength setteth fast the mountains being girded with power, which stilleth the noise of the seas and the noise of their waves and the tumult. Of the people. Uh, the Lord has great power that is shown in the waves. Uh, you, think of, you think of just, uh, just the storms that you've, you've seen, but uh, the storms you're watching national news now for hurricanes coming land, and they hit landfalls in Florida. Uh, when I was in Pensacola, we had Hurricane Ivan came through. As a construction worker, I got to see uh, certain things that a lot of people didn't get to see unless they snuck out there because everything was closed off. They weren't supposed to go without special passes. We ended up special passes on our vehicles and special ID tags we had to have and stuff like that to go out there. Uh, say why? Because when the wave front came in, it literally took entire entire houses. Uh, you know, they take in uh, out there on the beach, they go ahead and they put those pylons in and they, they drive them in and they're supposed to go all the way down and they're supposed to secure and everything's, everything's going to be able to stand. And it's funny how the Bible's still right. And you go ahead and build your house upon the sand, you know what you're going to get. <laughs> Eventually there's going to be enough rain and the rain will descend and the floods will come. And the surge wave came in and at one point it actually went almost entirely over uh, the peninsula that was right there, that little, that little piece that sticks out out of Pensacola, uh, comes out and uh, it sticks out. It almost, the wave front almost went over the entire thing. Uh, it crashed into the houses that were on the far side of, uh, of that little strip right there. Uh, but the houses on the, on the uh, Gulf side, completely gone. Houses I wired were completely in the ocean. 
Uh, my wiring wasn't going to do much to keep them there. I'll tell you that. Uh, it was amazing. You'd drive down the block. You know what you'd see? Just sand. Every once in a while, you'd just see a couple pipes stick up out of the ground, water pipes. That was it. House after house after house. You just drove blocks. Uh, the power and the violence of that wave that came in and just grabbed them and just ripped them right back into the gulf, and it was done. Uh, and you think about that and that power and the, and the waves and all those things, and then you think about God and Jesus Christ steps out on the bow of the ship and just goes, peace be still. That's, that is an amazing thing. Uh, he talks about it, and uh, you talk about how, uh, how the oceans are designed, right? He brings, up, he brings up the earth. He calls, he dries out the earth. And he goes ahead and he makes it so that the, uh, the, the oceans are there. He, he pulls the earth higher. Uh, you realize that the oceans, are, they're all connected. Uh, the waterways underneath, they're all connected. Uh, there's channels and things that go underneath. And so the Lord has just made the divide. He's pulled the earth up and made it so that you and I had uh, dry land to appear. Uh, the waters get together. He calls those seas and then he says that the dry land, verse number 10, God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters called he seas and God saw that it was good. And so God brings the earth together uh, and the earth gets up and when he brings it up, notice what he says. He says in verse number 11, let the earth bring forth grass and uh, the herb yielding seed and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind whose seed is in itself upon the earth and it was so. Uh, the earth brings forth grass. Uh, you think about, uh, I, did this, I did this for vacation Bible school uh, a couple years ago, talking about blades of grass and how many blades of grass there are in just a square foot of dirt. I mean, you think about, just think about all the times you've cut your lawn. <laughs> how much grass we cut. And just, and the Lord did that over virtually the entire earth. Grass. You know, how many, you know how many millions of blades of grass each individual human being has? Even with the world population at over 7 billion? We got, a whole lot of, we got a whole lot of real estate that people don't take advantage of, but that's beside the point. Uh, God set it up to go ahead without, without growth and without the vegetation. You know what you have? You have mud. That's what you have. Why don't, why don't you have mud and soup and, and everything everywhere? Well, because the Lord brought forth grass. He made a carpet. <laughs> he carpeted the entire outdoors for you. He took care of all of that, and he took care of all those needs that way. On top of that, he goes ahead, and he brings forth herb-yielding seed. Uh, the herbs bring forth uh, all sorts of medicinal purposes as well as uh, the idea of, of flavor and aroma and certain things. He takes some of those things and he purposely uses them uh, right in the tabernacle. We just had Brother Thren in preaching out of Leviticus, right? And he brings in and he uses certain aromas and certain pieces uh, to go ahead and make what? Well, to make the incense that he's going to burn. That becomes a sweet savor unto the Lord. Uh, the Lord chooses certain things and he does them on purpose. And God has made all of those things with a purpose. And they're herb yielding. And then on top of that, you've got uh, not just the herbs, but you also have uh, the fruit trees. 
you have the fruit trees, and the fruit uh, is various. Uh, it's not just one. God didn't bring just one thing. He brought a variety. Uh, he goes ahead and makes sure that you have a nice, uh, a nice choice. You can go ahead and everybody's got their favorite fruit. Some people like fruit. Some people don't. Your eye is weird, man. Your eye won't even eat fruit. I can't get him to eat fruit. It's like the weirdest thing. It's like the only kid I know who doesn't eat fruit. He'll eat applesauce. He'll eat anything pureed. He'll do any of that. But if you hand that kid a strawberry or a grape, you can forget it. I don't know what it is. He's so weird. Uh, fruit is amazing. And uh, he doesn't get it. I don't know what it is yet. So pray for him. He needs some help. Um, but uh, the Lord brings forth, and he starts a phrase here that he is going to use, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reference it here. Uh, but over and over and over again, he makes the statement throughout this chapter of that it brought forth after his kind. Uh, after his kind. And that is a phrase uh, that eliminates any idea of evolution that could occur. Uh, there's no change in great evolution and one form becoming another form and so on. Uh, it's all after his kind. It's all, it all stays together and runs just the way that it's supposed to. Uh, you, don't, you don't plant, and I mean, you get down as simple as this, uh, and they know it. Uh, you don't put a seed in the ground and get something different than what you planted. It just doesn't happen. Uh, it doesn't mystically just change and transform into something different. Uh, hey, you know, all I have, all I have, uh, you know, are these, uh, are these, you know, little little seeds of corn. And so we're going to plant my cornfield. Uh, but I really want it to come up as soybeans this year. So I'm going to plant all this corn. I'm going to pray real hard. And we'll now one person does that. Say, if you want soybeans, what do you do? Well, you plant for soybeans. If you if you want corn, you plant corn. Why would you do anything different? But the evolutionists would want you to think, well, you know, it just it, it happens to change all on its own based upon uh, the great need of society and everything. It never does. It never does. And the Lord starts it off right here with plants because, let's face it, you look at the plants and you realize what I put in from the seed that I have, whatever that seed is, that's what I'm getting. And the world knows it. Every scientist knows it. They can try and mess with the genomes and they can splice and they can do all the things and they can try to make their hybrids and do all the fun stuff that they do. But they know if I don't make that into something else, if I, a human being, someone with a mind and a will and a desire to make the change happen, if I don't insert something that doesn't belong, I am not going to get a change. It will not deviate on its own. I need to make an outside source. And so for the entirety of what is about to happen, he is going to go ahead and go through and over and over we'll see it again after his kind, after his kind, after his kind, after his kind. Why? Because nothing changes unless someone messes with it. It doesn't change, unless mankind, or if God wanted to, he could mess with it, but he purposely laid it out. He laid out the order. He laid out the laws. He laid out how those things are affected. Uh, it's very interesting to me, and I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to deviate too far from this, uh, but the truth is, uh, we look at the idea of law, law and order. Uh, here in the United States of America, we have laws. Why do we have laws? Who came up with them? Well, God, well, ultimately God did, but who put them on paper for us? 
who who goes ahead and signs in signs in the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence and then all of our laws that follow and everything that we have? Well, lawmakers, people, someone with a mind who designs the laws so that now you get into a whole other issue there. I'm not going to get into, but uh, laws that are supposed to make sense and society is supposed to function better by the basis of laws. That's how it's supposed to run. Someone had to come up with it. Someone had to design it and order it and make it so that it's supposed to work, right? Then why is it that they can't figure out the laws of nature came from someone? All laws are written <laughs> by design to make something function the way it's supposed to. The idea of why did, why did our founders write the Bill of Rights? So that our nation would function the way that it was supposed to. Why does God institute the laws that he does in whatever natural laws that they seem to find? Why are those laws deemed laws? Because someone designed them. And one of the laws that he has is that everything brings forth after his kind. It doesn't deviate. And it doesn't deviate until something gets interjected that's not supposed to be there. There's a, you can go and you, we can do it over and over again, but you won't find a case where it is, somebody had to influence it to make it be deviate, deviating from what God had already set up as law. And so he finishes. So day three, you have, you have the earth coming out, you have the waters divided, you have uh, the earth and the seas set up, and the earth brings forth the vegetation that you and I uh, are blessed with. And he says in verse number 14, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and divide the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And so the Lord's working day four now. Uh, and day four shows up, and he goes ahead, and now light already exists. <laughs> light existed all the way back in verse number two. <laughs> uh, back there, uh, I'm sorry, verse number three. Right, God said, let there be light, and there was light. There's already light. But the fourth day, God waits and he puts the sun and, and the moon and the stars in place. So they're not hidden, as some would want you to believe. He just hadn't made them yet. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you have light? Well, you have God. God's present. And so God is light. And so he doesn't need the sun to go ahead and give him light. Instead, he's just there. And so now you have the lights of the sky that you and I know, and the sunlight now gives us light. Uh, they serve purposes. God has set up all of these things to serve purpose. He goes ahead and puts the light, the two lights, uh, the main lights uh, that you and I have. Notice every focal point right here is about the earth. He's setting it up for the earth. Uh, you and I know that uh, as they look out, right, and you, you put on the telescope and you do all the things that they do, uh, that if you were on, let's say you were on Jupiter, you'd have multiple moons that would give you light, 
They're, they're lit just like our moon would be lit. But the Lord doesn't talk about those. Uh, there's other stars. He made the stars also that have planets. They're dead planets, but they have planets. The Lord doesn't talk about that being the sun. He's particular about what he's putting around the earth. And he's particular about talking about the things that are around the earth. And he's doing that on purpose because the object of his creation is going to come on day six. You and I. Because everything that he's doing right here is about you and I. It is him setting up a creation that we already had the memory verse, right? A creation that would give him glory and please him. That he could have fellowship with. That's what he's trying. He's gearing it all for this. And so uh, here he is, and he's going to talk about these two lights. And he has the greater light and the lesser light. And so the sun is there as the greater light. Uh, it is the thing that marks time for us, what time of day it is. Uh, it's placed perfectly to give us our seasons as well as the temperatures that we enjoy. Uh, it is specifically designed to be at the right distance so that you and I can have life without being burned to death or freezing to death. That's the idea. God designed it that way. Uh, it makes it so that uh, you and I can have uh, the growth and the, uh, the greatness of, all, of, of what we have in day number three, uh, all those plants and everything else, uh, the Lord goes ahead and puts the sun there, and it's there and designed to make it so you and I can have life, and growth can happen. Uh, it's amazing. The sun is approximately one million times the size of the earth. A million times the size of the earth. Uh, by the way, if you'd like to uh, do some fun, and I like, I like destroying evolution. It's a lot of fun to me, so don't mind me if I keep sliding some fun stuff in right here. Uh, it's fun to me. Maybe it's not fun to you. It's fun to me. Uh, go ahead and just uh, figure out how many tons of waste, of burn-off that the sun has every year, and then multiply that out by about... Mm, uh, we'll go conservative. We'll go uh, a billion years because they have no idea. So they throw those numbers out like it really matters. All right. Uh, I mean, you can go 200 million if you'd like. really doesn't matter. Once you get out just, just so far, you know what you get? That the earth is too close to the sun and we wouldn't exist. It's not difficult to figure out that uh, the sun uh, could not be that big. <laughs> None of that would work. And they talk about us being here for millions of years and all the things. Go ahead and back up our timetable millions of years and go ahead and find out exactly how long the sun would have, how big the sun would have had to be for you and I to have a sun. That is, they, can't, they don't want to mess with any of it. Anyways, I'm going to get all, I'm going to get all angry and stuff. Uh, but you know, you know what is amazing is, uh, right, the sun is a picture of Jesus Christ. That's not difficult to figure out. Uh, the sun is a picture of Jesus Christ. And as the light, Jesus, we talked about that before, uh, the sun reminds us of that. And you realize that it's a great comparative that the sun is a million times the size of the earth. And your God is a God that fills the heavens and the universe. He's a whole lot bigger than we are. Uh, Isaiah, I think, makes the reference that the inhabitants of the earth in the sight of God are as grasshoppers. We're nothing. Uh, what is man that thou art mindful of him? In comparative to God, you and I are nothing. Uh, he fills 
the heavens and the earth, uh, and they're his. Uh, but he is also the one who brings growth, just like the physical son brings growth. Without Jesus Christ, the Son of God, you don't get growth. Uh, you get uh, the light that shows up, and it provides lights for you and I to have power in our lives and to have the leading of God in our lives, the light that shows up. Jesus Christ, what guidance would you have without Jesus Christ in your life? Uh, you wouldn't. You wouldn't have that. Uh, and so over and over again, you can see the great comparative between the Son and what uh, God is trying to do. Uh, Jesus Christ shows up as the light of the world. Light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Uh, and where you have him in, our, in your life is the absolute crucial moment. Uh, it is crucial where he put the sun was crucial in relation to the earth. Where you have Jesus Christ in your life will be crucial to whether or not you'll burn or you'll, or you'll freeze or you'll have everything grow just right. Where the sun is will always affect growth. Where Jesus Christ is in your life will always affect your growth. Not only does he make the sun, but he makes the moon. Uh, the lesser light to rule the night. Uh, the moon works as a night light, ultimately. Uh, reflects the light of God, uh, reflects the sunlight over, and reminds us uh, is a great picture out to the church. Uh, we're supposed to reflect the light of God in darkness. Uh, it's nighttime. And here we are. Uh, oftentimes you get the comparative and someone wants to make a contradiction, so they make it that, uh, you and I are supposed to, uh, you know, awake out of sleep. It's not night for us. But for us, it's not night. For a world, it's night. And that's why we shine in darkness. That's not a contradiction. You and I are supposed to be lights shining in darkness. Uh, and it's not our own light that they see. They see the light of our Savior. And so the comparative is very simple. The stars are are out there, uh, and they're too numerous to count. Interestingly enough, the stars are there, and he names all of them. Uh, hold your place right here in Genesis 1. Look at Psalm 147, I think it is. Yeah, Psalm 147. We look at the stars, and they are innumerable. In fact, they continuously add them to the list. Uh, as they find more. Uh, they're virtually, for us, they're innumerable. But notice what he says about God. God, uh, of course, being the reference to he here, is verse number four here in Psalm 147. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. The Lord knows every star and every name of every star. That's amazing. Uh, but that's who he is. God is the best record keeper there ever was. Uh, unbelievable. I won't get too far into this either, uh, just because I have 15 minutes and we're uh, 15 to 20 minutes, and so uh, I don't want to do that. But uh, God is amazing in his record keeping. Uh, that's why the Bible is so particular about the way that it is. Uh, you read Chronicles and you get all those names. You read Ezra and Nehemiah, you get all the names. You read Exodus and how he's supposed to lay out the tabernacle and the pieces of the tabernacle and how everything's supposed to be done. And he 
tells you exactly what he's supposed to do. Then he tells you that he did exactly what he was supposed to do and lists everything that he just listed five seconds ago. He's going to go ahead and list it all again to tell you that he actually did it the way he was told to do it. And then he's going to put it all together. Why does he do that? Because he's keeping a record. And God right, goes ahead and he puts all those stars out there. And he goes, all right, well, that's one. That's that star. And that's that star. And that's, he knows all their names. That's how he knows all the hairs on your head. That's how he knows uh, everything about your life forever and ever. He's got the records. Amazingly enough, he deletes some of those records because he forgets about all your sin when you trust him, so he deletes something. Anyways, uh, back to Genesis chapter 1. He goes ahead and... uh, divides them for a purpose. He gives us the sun and the moon and the stars, and he does all of those things for a purpose. Uh, The purpose is, uh, number one, notice what he says. Uh, He says uh, he wants to make some division here. Uh, Right, he's already divided light and darkness. He's already divided day and night. And now he's going to show the division with the sun versus the moon and the stars. He's given you lights in those times, uh, and they're there, and he makes the division. uh, But they're there for the signs, first of all. He says in verse number number 14, he says, and let them be for signs. That's the first thing he wanted them for. Uh, And so they're pictured, they're signs. They tell us, uh, they signal when we're supposed to do certain things. Uh, As simple as when the sun comes up, we wake up. Well, that's daytime. Daytime is when we're active uh, normally. Uh, nighttime is when we go back to sleep. And God set that up. Uh, it's, not, it's not difficult to figure out. Obviously, uh, I, worked, I worked nights for a while. Sleeping during the day is not natural. It's not normal. And it takes way more work to do. Uh, why? Because your body's not designed to do that. It's just not. You have, you have to do certain things to make it so your brain will shut down so that you sleep. Uh, and so you have, you have to conditional it, conditional, wow, conditionalize it to do what it's not supposed to do. God designed us that way. Uh, he goes ahead and you've got uh, different things. Uh, the sun and the moon and the stars show up later. Uh, in Matthew, he goes ahead, and I won't cover all this for the sake of time, but he uses them for signs uh, for the second advent of Jesus Christ. The sun and the moon and the stars are going to be part of the second advent and what they're doing. And you can go ahead and read Matthew 24, and you'll see some of that uh, all throughout. Uh, of course, they're for seasons. Uh, the positions of the stars and the, and the planets tell us what season uh, is going on and what will occur. They match up with the seasons, and they move in the sky. Uh, You don't see the same stars in winter as you do in summer. That's just not how it works. It shifts. And the way that it shifts is based upon uh, the seasons. And they they signify those. Not only that, but they go for days and years. Uh, How do you know what what day it is, what year it is, all those things? How do you keep track of the days that we have? Uh, Well, evening and morning. Well, how do you know it's evening and morning? Uh, the sun comes up, it's morning. The sun's down and the moon's out, it's night. All right, so evening and morning. Uh, nighttime, daytime, that's 24 hours. We now have a day. Day is finished, that's one. <laughs> uh, the Jewish calendar is based upon the moon cycle. 
It's a lunar calendar. The first day of the month matches up with the lunar cycle and how it's going to match, and it goes all the way through, and it's 30 days, and the moon goes through its own pattern in 30 days, and it's done. And, of course, there's a little shift, and they fix that and do all the things. But, so what's the purpose? Days and years. We know, we know the days and the years, and we know what day it is, and we know what, and so on, based upon how many days go by. It helps us keep time. That's what it's for. It's very simple, but it's there to keep us on track and on time. Lastly, we've got to get to day five here. Uh, he says in verse number 20, And let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales, and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good, and God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let fowl multiply in the earth, and the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Uh, and so day five, the Lord goes ahead and he starts creating what we would deem animal life. Uh, he creates fish and fowl on the fifth day, as well as whales, and whales are deemed fish right there. Whales are fish. Uh, well, the world classifies, science classifies them as mammals, then they're wrong. Uh, that's what I can say about it. I say, well, uh, you know, what, what swallowed Jonah? A whale swallowed Jonah. And the Lord called it a great fish. Is Jesus wrong? Well, then science is wrong. That's not my problem that they don't know how to classify things. Uh, the Lord simplified it, classified it for you, so it's all set. You say, you sound pretty standoffish about that. I do, because uh, they're trying to correct a Bible when they have no idea what they're talking about. I think the Creator knows what He did. Anyways, whew, I'm going to get fired up today. Um, I'm already fired up. Uh, i got to get past creation so I can calm down. Um, I, hate, I hate science, falsely so-called, so don't mind me. Uh, but here he is. And you've got all types of fish. You've got, you've got the fowl that fly in the air. Uh, and by the way, uh, without, without mankind even having this as an option yet, because mankind doesn't even exist, the Lord is already providing what would be food in the future. Now I know we talk about him and mankind, perfect environment, eating the herbs and everything else, but what's the point of having fish and fowls on the planet if eventually they will not be consumed. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, and so you have it. Uh, the Lord is providing things that mankind has no idea they will even need. But God knows what you need. Doesn't he know you what you have need of before you ask? You don't even know what you need yet, and he already has it. <laughs> and that's what he did even in creation. Uh, we, don't, we don't know we needed grass so that we could breathe oxygen and have our carbon dioxide changed back over. We had no idea we need that. We had no idea we'd need a planet filled with 70% water, but he did. We had no idea we'd need the sun to shine during the day so that you and I would get some of the vitamins that we need so that we could actually live and not go insane. We had no idea. We didn't, we didn't know that we would need a moon to shine at night and the stars. We didn't know we needed time and seasons. We don't know what we need, but our Creator knew. He's designing the system. 
He's designing exactly what he wants built so that it will run the way that it needs to run until he wants it to stop running. And so, anyways, I'm going to get into more stuff later. But uh, he says that uh, God goes ahead and gives him a command. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters and the seas and let fowl multiply in the earth. Uh, he wants them to multiply. He wants them to fill. Uh, the duty and the command to them was to multiply. And God gives them a blessing if they multiply. Uh, and then he tells them uh, that uh, they are to fill, uh, to fill it. Go ahead, go ahead and fill up the waters and let the fowl multiply. Uh, go ahead and fill the place up. Uh, there's, no need, there's no need not to. Uh, and so he's encouraging them uh, to fill. And then he says, uh, or, and then there's, uh, uh, there's this thought, uh, you know, as he goes ahead and does that. Isn't it amazing that God can go ahead and create so many kinds of fish and fowls? I mean, there's people out there, they love to fish, right? And they love certain types of fish to go fishing for. And other people, they want other fish. And the Lord goes, I got it all. There are people that bird watch, and they watch all kind, and they wait, and they wait looking for just the right bird that they want to see. And they don't, they don't care about any other bird, but they want that one if they could just see it. And the Lord do, and He did what? He multiplied. He set it all up just the way He needed to, and they bring forth once again after their kind. God designed it. To do exactly what he wanted it to do after his kind, after his kind, after his they just keep producing the way they're supposed to. There's no deviation, there's no change, there's no movement outside of they've decided to make something happen from the outside. Without something interjecting and something causing an issue, there's no deviation from what God has designed. Now I'm going to reference this because I like it. Uh, notice that uh, all of those things right there, for the most part, are very delicious. So you have that, all right? Uh, I don't know how we'd survive without chicken. That's all I'm saying. Um, and the fowls of the air. Uh, that's what we do. And that's the way the Lord, later, we find out the Lord has them for that. And he doesn't have them for that this day, but he has them for it for us now. He goes ahead and, and goes ahead. Uh, look over at 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy. Chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Verse number 4. Well, verse number 3. Right, these are, well, verse 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created. That's where we are, right? Creation. God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. You know that told you? That told you when he created it, it was for a purpose. 
And that purpose was for you and I to be able to consume them. And that what he said? Which God hath created to be received, he designed it that way. And we're talking about the creation. And so he knew foreknowledge of God, preparation of God, is to, I'm going to design this so that they have something to consume when they're going to need to consume it. It's all by design. And because after day six, the end of day six, what is God going to create? Nothing. He's not creating anything anymore. Day six ends, he finishes with mankind, he puts a bow on it, day seven he rests. He's not creating anything day seven, he's resting. And then he's not creating anything else. So knowing that Genesis 6 is going to occur, knowing that he's going to put Noah on a boat, knowing, you say, what is that? That's foreknowledge. I am not a Calvinist. You realize that God knows what's going, what mankind's going to choose. He didn't choose it for him. He gave him a free will. Without a free will, mankind doesn't have a choice. Without a choice, it's not worship. Without worship, then what are we doing? And it gets into a whole nother mess. You're looking at the creation, and you know what God is doing? As he creates, he anticipates man's need for when they fail him. And when everything goes down from there, he's looking at the need. And he's laying it all out before anybody even knows what's about to happen. Mankind doesn't know. None of the angels know. But God does. And he's laying it all out. He knows how it's going to go. You realize, right, we, we believe that Jesus Christ is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. That's what he's called, isn't he? Well, why is Jesus Christ slain before the foundation of the world if he doesn't know what mankind's about to do? Before God created the world, you know what he knew? That he'd have to redeem his creation. So doesn't it make sense that when he's creating everything, he's setting it up because he's not going to create anything else later? He's going to set it up so that they can continue after their fall and after their failures. Because he's always provided. He's the God who has always provided. And even at the start of creation, you know what he's done? He's already provided. He knows when I'm creating this, I'm creating the fish, I'm creating the fowls. This is going to be for them to be able to consume later. When just the fruit of the garden isn't going to be enough. When I'm going to have to change an environment because of their failures. We're going to have to do something different. And so I'm going to have to give them something different. And here he is. He's already provided it. And notice what it ought to be. It ought to be done with thanksgiving. He created to be received with thanksgiving. He says in verse 4, if it be received with thanksgiving, God wants you to be thankful. For what? That he would provide. Thankful for his provision. He thought ahead to provide for you. He's still thinking ahead to provide for you. He's still over and over just meeting needs. Over and over and over again. And even in the creation, you know what you see. You see him providing all of our needs. Because it's supposed to be sanctified by, by the word of God 
and prayer. It's good, you can receive it, and God wants to make sure you can have it and give you all the blessings that go along with it. If you'd receive it with thanksgiving. Father, we thank you for the day and thank you for your goodness. Thank you that you are a great provider and you've always provided our need. And Father, I pray that you would bless our day, keep us all safe today. Father, bless the afternoon and the services, the early service this evening. Uh, Lord, late afternoon, I guess. Uh, Father, we pray that you would bless our day, that everything would be done to your praise. Father, you have been abundantly good to us, and I pray you would continue to help us see that you are the God that meets all of our needs. Father, we thank you and praise you for being so good to us. We pray you come back soon in Jesus, our Savior's name. Amen. Amen. All right, take a break. Don't forget your new sheets in the back if you haven't gotten them yet.